Uh, I want you to go in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. How many love the Word of God? We love the Word of God. We pull from the Word of God our conduct for life. So the Word of God is not just uh, something that we look to for some sort of wisdom. It is the anchor on which we build our lives. Cultural norms don't tell us what we believe. The Word of God tells us what we believe. Cultural norms don't tell us what is right, what is, what is wrong, what is accepted, what is not. The Word of God. So as a church, we're built on what the Word of God says. So when we preach, we preach not just good ideas or good topics. We pull our messages from what the Word of God says. So I want you to go to Mark chapter 5 as we continue this series uh, called No Delays. Because we're talking about faith. And if you're here last week, you heard us uh, talk uh, about faith, and, and this is the truth, that God can do something suddenly, and your Bible is full of suddenlies, and your Bible is full of immediatelies, but connected to every immediately is a journey. It's like, man, you, see, you read your Bible, and you see God doing miracles, and suddenly and immediately, but connected to that immediately is always a journey. Last week we talked in, in Mark chapter five about the woman with the issue of blood, but there is another story behind the story in Mark chapter five, and it's a story of Jairus. Jairus came to Jesus and said, my daughter is sick, she is dying, will you come and heal her? And Jesus said, yes. Now I need you to pay attention to the story because this matters. Jesus says yes and goes with her. On his way, we read this last week, he was interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood. So Jairus waits patiently as Jesus decides to minister or to heal someone else. You ever been in a waiting journey and it seems like everyone else is getting the answer except for you? <laughs> you, ever, you ever been in a conflict of faith and it seems like other people are getting prayer requests answered and you're not? This is Jairus. Mark chapter 5, verse 35, says, while Jesus was still speaking. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to the woman with the issue of blood. He just did a miracle for her. Some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Does that give faith to anybody else when someone tells you, don't be afraid, stop worrying, just believe. Have more faith, man of God. Have, have, Jesus tells him, after he just gets the news that his daughter has died, Jesus' words to him are, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, I like, I like that right there. Jesus is taking charge. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and they went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, how soon? Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. I believe this. I believe God wants to do some things in your life and in your heart that will completely astonish you. In fact, I believe God's doing something in the world right now and, and desires for the world to be astonished again. 
not in shock at how bad things are, but astonished at the goodness of God, astonished at the faith of God's people, astonished at the signs and wonders and miracles that are happening in the house of God. I was, I was thinking about Jairus and how he must have felt. Some of us are too spiritual when we, read the, when we read the Bible. You need to try to jump into the story and think about the excitement that Jairus has that Jesus is on his way to his house and the disappointment that hits Jairus when Jesus stops and begins to minister to someone else. I, I, I have a problem with patience. I'm not a, not a real patient person, and uh, I fly a lot and uh, speak at a lot of different places, so I'm in airports a lot, and uh, I'm on airplanes a lot, and, and it seems like all of the impatient people fly together. <laughs> and so uh, not only am I impatient, but I meet a lot of people who are impatient. And it's interesting to me what people will do to get one space ahead in line. Like when I'm boarding and it says your certain group number, and instead of waiting for their group number, they like cut in front of you. And I can see their phone. And I can see that they're in group nine. And they're standing in front of me. And I have a group that is ahead of them. Or when your flight is delayed and you land and they come over the loudspeaker and they say this. They say, there are many people that are trying to make connections. So if you could kindly let them out of your seat so that they could go first. But well, the problem is, first of all, they are doing that for customer service because there is no way that Joey climbing over me and then climbing past 19 people is actually going to get to his gate that much sooner. So they're trying to just cover their rear ends by saying, we're trying to make space because we're late. Because what happens is people lie. And I saw this happen at DFW. This man did everything in his power to get past me in my seat, and I tried to act like I wasn't moving, but he was way bigger than me, and he moved me physically. And he said, I have a flight to catch. The only problem is when I got out of the terminal, three people behind him, and he made the effort to get out, he was at McDonald's in line ordering. That's not right. I said, I thought you had a flight to catch. I mean, just, I didn't actually say it. I thought it. I thought it. It's interesting, the conflict of thought that happens when you hit delays. And if you inject yourself into this story and you think about Jairus and the anticipation that he has that Jesus is coming to his house and then the frustration that Jesus is ministering to someone else, but even worse than that. That as he's patiently waiting, we don't know if he was patient or not. I'd like to think maybe he was patient as he heals the woman with the issue of blood. While he's waiting, someone from his house comes and says, hey, you know what? It's, it's, it's too late. Your daughter has, has died. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Have you ever gotten bad news? Bad, bad, bad news will strip you of faith faster than anything else. It's interesting, you hear the bad news and immediately you begin to worry, you begin to be anxious, you begin to get frustrated. Why? Be be because of bad news. And everybody, everybody has bad news. And this is the truth. Most of us have more faith in bad news than we do the Word of God. Many of us have, have more faith in what we listen to and what we read than what we hear from God. We have more faith in our news culture and media than we do in the word of God. Bad 
news. Have you ever watched someone else get healed instead of you? Have you ever seen someone else get breakthrough instead of you? Have you ever felt like you're doing everything right, but things get worse for you? Bad news. It's difficult to stay in the place of faith when you are receiving bad news. Faith faith is interesting. Hebrews chapter 11.1 says that faith is confidence in what we hope for. Confidence in the thing that you, if you're not hoping for anything, it's difficult to step into faith. It's confidence in the thing you hope for, and it is assurance about what we do not see. Secular dictionary would say this, faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. For most of us, we have more confidence in the thing we can see than the word of God. We have more faith in what we're actually experiencing in the trouble and in the bad news than what we do, than what we're hearing from or reading from the word of God. And it's interesting, Jesus says this, he says this, and I think it's a little, he doesn't have a lot of compassion. He says, hey, don't don't be afraid. Just believe. Do, Do not be afraid, just believe. Did you know that Jesus would never give a command that you don't also have the ability to obey? He he didn't say, don't fear, just believe, to tease Jairus. He said, don't fear, just believe, because it was possible to replace his fear and to replace his worry with faith. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says this in the message translation. Don't fret or worry. It's not like a suggestion. It's not like like like, let's try to pump you up. Stop worrying. This is a command. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. How many need some settling down? Will settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Worry is actually faith. Worry is faith in what you don't want to happen. See, most of you think, I don't have that much faith. You do have faith in something. Most of us have faith in the thing that we don't want to happen. It's faith, really, that's inside out. Worry, worry is faith in that thing that we are dreading, faith in that thing that we don't want to happen. Worry is a faith killer and a seed killer. Faith, faith is really this. True faith is positivity with a cosigner. You ever cosigned on something? I don't recommend it. If, if, if you ever cosigned on something, then you know this, that you're on the line for what they're signing for. Faith is the possibility, the belief, or the confidence in the thing that God's doing and knowing that you have a cosigner. It's not just faith, as in fantasy, belief in something. It's anchored. It's anchored in his word. If we're going to have faith with no delays, then then we have to do this. We have to, number one, see the possibility. See the possibility. In verse 38, it says that Jesus went into them, and he said, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. 
Now, again, don't get too spiritual that you miss this. They are grieving this girl that is dead. And Jesus tries to come in and say, hey, don't be afraid. She's just sleeping. I'm sure people in there are like, we know what dead people look like. And that's like, I know some of y'all look dead when you sleep. Like that's like my, my, my son last night, he was passed out so hard. And I'm like looking at him, I'm like, I just need to check, man. I'm just checking, just, just, I, got, I just got to check. Jesus says it's not dead just, just, just to sleep. It, it doesn't, doesn't have a lot of compassion. And, and I have a, I, I, I am notorious in my home for not having a lot of compassion for sickness. Has anybody ever devalued your sickness? I, I just, I just like, I understand like disease and like big time sicknesses, but like, like a little cold. It's like you can't go to work for two weeks because you have a cold. Like, man, figure it out. And it's like, man, I think I got bronchitis. You think you do? You think you do or do you? Or, 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 or sometimes it seems like a sickness, like a little runny nose can affect like your whole body. And now they're limping around the house. I'm like, what's wrong? My nose is running. It's like, what? How's it affecting your legs? So I'm, I'm notorious for not having a lot of compassion for sickness. Honestly, this is kind of what Jesus does. He comes in and th- this is like a dire situation. She's laying there. She's lifeless. Jesus says, oh, she's, she's not dead. She's just asleep. You, you know what Jesus was doing? He was looking through the lens of possibility. And this is really the key to no delay faith, is that you have to see You can't just see the problems. You can't just see the issues. You have to see the possibility. The world has enough cynics. The world have enough people running around with critical spirits that are telling you how things can't happen or won't happen. You need some faith to see the possibility. Faith, listen, faith is not a thing. Faith is a lens. Faith are like glasses that you put on, that everything you look at, you look through the lens of faith. You ever put on like a dark pair of glasses, everything goes dark, blue pair of glasses, everything goes blue, been in a 3D movie, which are awful, give me headaches, everything changes. Faith is a lens. It's a lens. It, it, it doesn't deny what you're going through, it doesn't deny the situation. It sees the situation differently. This is where people get in trouble with faith because a lot of hyper-faith people, they're like, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. They have a broken leg. My leg's not broken, my leg's not broken. My, your, leg is, your leg is broken, it's like backwards. It's, it's like, it is broken. We don't deny what is there, but when you put the lens of faith on, Now you see the possibility that there is an issue, but God, you're my healer. I do have a need, but God, you're my provider. God, I see the trouble, and I see the tragedy, and I've heard the bad news, but I also understand that you can do the impossible. So no matter what I'm staring at, no matter what I'm looking at, when I put the lens of faith on, I see it totally are totally different. Because if you look at the Dream Center right now, you could see impossibility. But when I look through the lens of faith, I see fulfilled promises. You could look at your marriage right now, and you could have no hope for your future, and you could have no, no hope for reconciliation. But if you put the lens of faith on, you're not denying that there's issues, but you're also acknowledging that there's an answer. It's a, it's a lens. Faith is a lens which you see everything. We are conditioned in our world to be realistic, to accept the facts, to accept the worst case scenario. 
but you have to train yourself to see the possibility. You, you got to see what God, what if God could? What if, what if God could heal? What if God could reach? What if God could turn it around? What if God could do something? It is fun to begin to live by faith. It's fun to put the faith glasses on. and to, You're not denying that there's issues or trouble or tragedy. But when you put the lens of faith on, you see it differently. That God could use it to turn it. God could use this to turn it. You see the possibility. The story goes on, and and this is like, this is one of my favorites, because it says in verse 40, it says, they laughed at him. They laughed at Jesus. And after he put them all out, check this out. Some of y'all like, man, Jesus is so sweet, so kind. He's like, you laughing? You laughing fool? No, he didn't call him fool. He he says, you laughing? He says, he put them all out. So this is number two, if you're going to walk in no delay faith, you not, not just see the, imposs- you see the possibility, but you have to put the doubters out. But Christians, Christians get too nice. We're too nice. So funny the things we get angry about and the things that we're so nice about. It's like, well, pastor, I'm just trying to reach my friend group. It sounds like they're reaching you. So until you got the faith to stand up for what you believe in, maybe you need to get a new circle of friends. Well, pastor, I'm just called to infiltrate society. Society's infiltrating you. So until your faith is strong enough to stand up and be counted, get out of that circle so that your faith can live. And then as soon as your faith stands up on the inside of you and you can go into any atmosphere and any environment and be the testimony that God's called you to be, then walk into your friend's circle and show them the testimony. The worst thing you could do for your faith is try to be a missionary in a place where you become like the people you're trying to reach. What is this nonsense in our culture that we have to try to be like the people we're reaching? The reason they want Jesus is because what's working for them isn't working. You've got to show them that there's something different about the way that you live, something different about the way that you talk, something different about the way that you believe, something different about the way you see the world. You've got to show them there's something different. Well, if I like hang out where they hang out and do what they do and talk like they do, then maybe I'll have like an, like an entrance to their life. You know what would give you, give you an entrance? That when you go through the same trouble they go through, when they are struggling in depression, you stand up in the joy of the Lord because you have the lens of possibility that can see how God can take what the enemy meant for evil and work it for our good. Put away that justification nonsense and be the man of God and be the woman of God that he's called you to be. You know why people say that? People say that because they want to do what everyone else is doing. It takes boldness to walk by faith. Is this too much too early? Y'all good? Y'all right? Three people said yes. Other people are like, yeah, it is. Ease up a little bit. Jesus, Jesus put the doubters out. Doubters are not always people. Doubters can be things you read, things you listen to, voices. Doubt, whatever, whatever is affecting your faith has to go. It's not worth it. And I've, I've, I've heard parents say, man, I'm sending my kid in with, with this circle group or this school, and they're going to be missionaries in their school. If your son's not trained to be a missionary, please don't send him to the battlefield. 
And if you are going to send your kids as missionaries into public school, you better make sure that you never miss a Sunday, that you are in atmospheres of faith, and you're in a home that is full of the presence of God, because we would never send a soldier to the battlefield and say, you got it, kindergartner, go, but we'll send our kids into the mouth of the lion and say, you're a missionary. Until they're trained, and if they don't have the power of God and the spirit of God, you be careful where you send your kids. I'm not, I'm not railing against public school. I'm railing against public school being a, a mission field for a kid who's never in the presence of God. You got to get, get them in church. You got to get them around other people that believe. You got to pray over them. You need worship playing in your home. There needs to be an atmosphere of peace and presence. So when they walk into the school, they recognize there's something different about home than here. I need to be a light. Sometimes you got to... You got to put the doubt out. You got to put the doubt out. You, you know, when we take big steps of faith, like the Dream Center and what we're doing right now, I have to be really careful who I talk to. I got to be careful who I, there's some seasons, I talk to everybody. Some seasons, I got to shut it down. Because I, I, can't, I can't listen to negativity right now. In fact, in a couple weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a trip, and I'm studying, I'm just getting away with the Lord, and I'm praying, and I'm believing God, and you know what I'm doing? I'm shutting off social media, and I'm shutting off YouTube, and I'm shutting, shutting off Twitter, X, whatever it is, and I'm not getting on Reddit, I'm not going down that dark hole, I, because I need no doubt in my mind so that I can stand fast in faith. If Jesus had to put the doubters out, if, if Jesus, right after he healed the woman with the issue of blood, full of faith, walks in the house and says, ah, you got to go, then there might be some doubters that you need to put out of your mind and out of your heart and off your phone so that you can walk in faith. What you listen to will produce a belief system that either supports your faith or assassinates it. What you listen to, right, right now, I'll, I'll illustrate to you. Right now, in California, they are expecting a huge hurricane. In fact, some places of Orange County, which some of the churches that we support and sponsor, Oceans Church, they, they, they've been meeting in tents. They're having to go indoors because of the torrential downpour and there's strong winds and storms like they don't usually get. And do you know why they're planning for it and preparing for it? Because they heard about it. You only worry about what you hear about. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now watch this. Doubt comes by hearing and hearing of the concerns and the worries of this world. It doesn't mean you should shut off to the reality of what's out there, but when you realize that the reality of what's out there is affecting your core belief in what God said, you got to cut something out. You have to put the doubters out. Even Jesus had to create an atmosphere of faith around himself. And you have to do the same, and you have to protect your faith. you got to protect your faith. The next thing we see Jesus do, which is, this is bold. Because some of us, like I said, when we read it, we're like, man, this is just one big progression. Jesus just walking, healing people, doing all this stuff. But th this is the progression. It says in verse 40, or verse 41, that he took the little girl by the hand. And he said to her, so this, this is number three, is you have to take it by the hand. Now, this is really important. 
he took her by the hand while she was still dead. Now, this is uncomfortable because a lot of us want to have faith in our hearts. But if you really have faith, you'll see it in your action. If you really believe God, if you really take him at your word, at his word, then it will show in your actions. I should be able to look at your life and see what you believe in. You should be able to look at my life and see what I believe in. You, you should see some action. So, so, so we'd love it to be that Jesus comes in, sits in the corner, and he's just throwing little silent prayer bombs over there and just hoping she gets up because that's how we like to do it. Can I just do it in my head? Can I do it in my heart? No, if you really believe that he'll do it, then you'll do it with your hand. So he puts his money where his mouth is, and before he even tells her to get up, see, that, that's how I would have liked it to happen, is I tell her to get up, God heals her, she gets up, and now I grab her by the hand and help her. Because now, now it's the right progression. It, it helps me a little bit. It helps me look better. Because what happens if I grab her hand and nothing happens? What happens if I grab the promise and it's not fulfilled? I'm just stuck holding the dead promise. So, but faith believes that what God said would happen. So, so Jesus takes hold of her hand before he even says a word because his faith moved him to action. Faith acts. Faith moves. MLK Jr. said this, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. We say, man, I got so much faith. Lord, just show me the path and I'll do it. No, he says, take a step. If you really believe, I got you. If you really believe, I'm going to do it. If you really believe, I'm going to provide. If you really believe, I can bless you. If you really believe, I can heal you. Then why don't you make a move? Why don't you take a step? When God sends out his word, it is waiting for us to send out our faith. I believe this. I believe there's all kinds of promises, all kinds of prophetic words that are just waiting to be claimed. And some of us will sit in church our whole life having silent faith, dormant faith, hidden faith, and we'll never see God move. And we'll wonder and we'll think that possibly God just didn't move. And I would propose this to you, that God is waiting on the other side of your movement. That when you begin to step towards God, God aligns with you or works with you. Your faith works in partnership with his word. So I thought we should try to illustrate this, okay? So I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to try to illustrate it to you. Are you ready? Anybody scared? All right. In the second row, second row, okay? If you're in the second row, somebody, you have an envelope underneath your chair, okay? So just in your second row, just check underneath your chair, see if you have an envelope. Someone's got an envelope. Someone's got an envelope. See, so, some of you aren't even checking. That's scary because that's like, that's the first step. It's like you got it. Oh, you, you got it? Erica, you got it? Okay, open it up. Just, just see what it says. See what it says. This is, uh, oh, it's sealed and everything. There's $100 for you on the stage in an envelope. Okay, that's great. It's a good word. What are you going to do about it? That's, what, okay. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Do you see? All right, all right. There's another envelope. It's good. It's a little scavenger hunt. This is fun. <laughs> Open it up. I want, I want to illustrate how faith works. It's, a, it's $100. It's, it's counterfeit, but don't worry about it. We printed it off this morning. But I want to show you something 
about faith. This whole message, that $100 has been sitting on this stage. Only when Erica got a word did she understand that there was $100 sitting here. But understanding $100 was sitting there didn't get it to her. This, this is where most of us are. It's like, God, I believe your promises. I believe them. I believe them. There's $100 out there for me. There's my healing out there. There's restoration for me. Oh, I thank you, God. And then, and then you wonder why there's delays. Because at some point, you're going to have to say, okay, God, you said it. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. I wonder how many promises, how many breakthroughs, how many miracles are actually not waiting on God, but waiting on you to take God at his word and begin to step and begin to move and begin to walk in faith. I wonder if God's waiting to bless you. I wonder if God's waiting to restore. I wonder if God's waiting to pour out his goodness on your life. I wonder if he's waiting on us to, 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 make, a, to make a move, to make a move.